Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest joining us from Canada is Dr. Ian Prattis, and we'll be talking about his latest book, Past, Present, Future, Stories That Haunt. This Past, Present, Future collection contains stories, personal essays, and futuristic writings. They illuminate facets of humanity that are both wholesome and deadly. There is a subtle tapestry from indigenous wisdom throughout the three phases that must apply to our damaged planet if Homo, Homo sapiens is to have a home. Dr. Ian Prattis is an author, poet, professor emeritus, founder of Friends for Peace, spiritual warrior of planetary care, peace and social justice, a Zen teacher since 1997, he offers public talks and retreats all over the world. Ian lives in, Can- in Ottawa, Canada, and encourages people to find their true nature so that humanity and the planet may be renewed. For more information, you can visit his website, which is ianpractice.wordpress.com, and that's I-A-N-P-R-A-T-T-I-S dot wordpress.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Ian to the show. Good day, Ian. Hello, Robert. It's Ian phoning in to you. Uh, yes, this is wonderful. I really appreciate you um, connecting. It's, it's been a little while since we chatted. That certainly is. Yeah. So, well, I'm looking forward to talking about this new book um, and um, you know all of that, uh, all the guidance that it offers. So. Um, I'd like to start with first of all, you know, what now you 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 do a lot of writing. So, what inspired you to write this particular book? Well, um, let me put it this way, Robert. Um, I wrote this book, Past, Present, Future: Stories That Haunt, because I had to. Um, my responsibility of holding the pen was a mere posture to place words in a sequence that would resonate in the reader's mind. I had a sense of reciprocity about what I felt was necessary to heal the world from climate emergency and pandemic. Now, the chapters play their part throughout as a sort of call and response meter that leans on kinship and community rather than corporate greed. So the chapters become as seeds in the mind of the reader, so my work can't be buried or lost. And there's a strong emphasis on indigenous wisdom that pulls chapters together while displaying how easy it is to fall into destruction. So the collection contains stories, personal essays, and futuristic writings, and they illuminate different facets of humanity. So the past dwells on the significance of indigenous history and beliefs, a spirituality that crosses centuries 
to realize redemption and connection. And these stories stand in contrast to the ethnocentric illusions of the wider society where violence, fear, and betrayal are rampant. Present includes flash fictions to highlight the destructive illusions and the gentle memories of modern society. And the remaining chapters in present seek to mentor and inspire children to save the world. And respecting indigenous wisdom provides a pause through poetry to outline a different foundation for humanity. Now, future, the third phase, is not kind to Homo sapiens and their habitation of Mother Earth. Scientists, in the, 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 through three chapters in this, the first one are scientists scrambling to provide an exit from the Earth, seeding faraway planets. So this is sci-fi. And a single person, like a, are we stupid? <laughs> a single person, in another chapter, remains in the high Arctic's last outpost, while pioneers who occupy a new planet must fight to prevent terrorists from taking it over. So future is a little bit dark, and deliberately so. Um, but the book has drawn very exciting reviews and testimonials. I've been really taken back aback by that. Um, Bob Allen, who is the founder and CEO of Ideas in, in the U.S., he has this to say. Um, These tales by Ian Prattis operate at three levels. First, the characters are all of us. Their stories are the one human story of struggling to live in this world. Dig deeper and you'll find the rich metaphor pointing towards truth about the way our species has evolved and why our permanent dominance of the earth is a fiction that will not stand up to any real scrutiny. At their root, Dr. Ian Prattis has pointed out that reality is not action over time, but it is connectedness. These stories take their place with other great cultural myths as the shamans call to the central village fire, asking us to listen, engage, and imagine. I was very, very taken by that um, testimonial. Yeah, that's that's definitely, um, it seems to have um, elicited what you maybe hoped for the book, that someone would, um, you know, take it to heart and then, um, you know, go forward with that information. That's right, yeah. He, oh, he, he really hit, hit the gong, <laughs> if I can say, put it in those terms. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, because, so, because, you know, what I was the, concerned with, 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 well, mm-hmm. why I found this, this, uh, this book difficult to write, but it's probably the most significant one that I have done, because I'm, I'm concerned about humanity's future. Um, it's precarious, it's brutal, it's dark, and it's unsure, un, 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 unsure, unless we solve our climate health, and cultural emergencies. So that's why I had to structure the book in three sections. So bringing the past forward 
using indigenous wisdom is to show that we can save our species from extinction. And the present, the second uh, phase, contains short fiction and views modern society and our personal and local relationships through a lens that is realistic and sobering. But the future intimates very little has changed, and there are dark times to come. Yet I hold, I still, despite all this, I still hold out hope that there is a light to spur us on. Well, you know, that's, that's good. <laughs> you know, there is, um, it seems that, you know, in today's world where, you know, there seems to be a lot of darkness that, um, you know, there, uh, hope kind of is sometimes elusive for, for some folk. So um, now what you, you talk about, you know, that, that the future was a little bit on the darker side. So why did you, um, in the subtitle of the book, you know, stories that haunt, why haunt? What, what, what is it about that word that you really wanted to elicit? Um, I really wanted people to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, uh, really see that, that, that there is a dark side that we must em, em, embrace and try and do better. So the idea of of, of haunting, um, I, I guess I'm trying to poke my reader. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, you you got other stuff that uh, sounds very nice, but uh, now I want to poke you, and I want you to think, and I want you to do things differently. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think it's wonderful because you know, I mean, it is one of those attention. I mean, it does grab one's attention, and also, um, you know, as you kind of go through the book, you recognize that um, some of the stuff that is, you know, looks like in our future can't be quite haunting, you know, if not daunting. Um, that um, that people need to maybe um, to recognize that that is a possibility. Well, yes. Um, I, I do my best to be to offer a skillful blend of fiction, nonfiction, mm -hmm. and biographical narrative. So there's a, a, a broad um, uh, set of, of chapters. And I focus on individuals who are engaged in environmental interaction. Now, as a university professor for 37 years, I had the experience of thousands of student dialogues. So I do my best to present time, history, and context clearly, accurately, and vividly. So I, I don't want to um, sugar-toke anything at all. But I also offer themes, and I offer two forks in the road. Which one will we, will we take? Um, dark, bone-chilling, and captivating, or stepping up to interconnectedness and interdependence of humans, community, nature elements, and animal kingdom. Relationships of this kind allow us to survive, thrive, heal, and grow. And the prevailing theme of survival and love in humanity and in na nature, despite their challenges. Of course we're going to have challenges, but can we step up and be a little bit better? So, yeah, yeah. 
that's that's what I'm, I'm I'm trying to do with this particular book. Um, if we can share and care, we 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 can stay in this global mess. But pathological yeah. consumption degrades the planet. So I would say this is badass consciousness, <laughs> an industrial <laughs> system, and uh, uh-huh. it's devouring yeah. itself. And yeah. we have to face well, the, the the problem of okay. At the end game, without a philosophy mm-hmm. for the future, what are we going to do? What are the constraints of thermodynamics? So it, it took me a lot to, to, to write this book, but I, I'm glad that I did because um, you know, I really want to shake um, my reader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really want to shake them, but I also want to present what we have to do to step up. Um, and I've had a, a, a lot of uh, awesome reviews of this and because you know, I, I, I lay it out like this. Because I'm, I'm hopeful that our indigenous First Nation brothers and sisters, they will revive the ways and traditions of their elders and forebearers to help guide the way. Because I've, I've been working and... Uh, with the indigenous people for, for, for you know, 30, 40 years. And I, they, I w- would like that we can open authentic conversations with their knowledge keepers, their very wise um, elders. And the achievements of those primal indigenous societies are worthy of emulation, and they must become an integral part of our future human consciousness. So I'm a keen observer of the exterior and the interior life. The earth is burning. And because of that, I sort of title a, 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 sort of a little, little word at the, at the beginning that humanity owes an apology to the children of the world. Hmm. And I, I, I stick by that. Um, and I look at the, the the beautiful children around the, the the crescent where I live, and I wonder, oh my goodness, what what future do you have? It does. It does. Yeah, you know that's the that's the one thing that um, it's it's important not only to to be responsible for that those that child's future, but also it's important to. Um, Educate the child is, you know, um, in, you know, um, more of a, a communion way of life. Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, we're, we're, you talked about the indigenous wisdom, you know, is um, can you give us maybe an, an example or two of, you know, how um, indigenous um, wisdom, you know, kind of is is in the book you know that kind of is uh, uh an example maybe i'm not sure if it's past present or future but um maybe even just that whole time con- you know concept of past present or future ah yes yeah that's something that i i've wrestled with um i know with all my books, um, there's, uh, this book is, is, is number 18, but uh, there, there, there is a, a thread from, from 
previous books, and especially the the um, the poetic ones. Um, I remember one that they, my last uh, poetry book. Um, there was a five-star review from um, Catherine Bennett, who who, who is a, a, a an author herself, and this is what she said. I read this book three times before settling in to write this review. Each time I felt that I uncovered another layer with the collection of poems that I had missed the last time through. To me, there is something truly magical about a work that can do that. The poems strike right at the heart of the journey the author himself has taken in life, yet it also has an ability to resound with others. The title, Painting with Words, is truly a perfect description of this poetry collection. You can see the images come to life before your eyes as you read. This collection of poems takes the reader through the full gamut of human emotions. The author has masterfully used his own life experience to transport the reader through this journey while striking to leave a mark directly on the reader's heart. Now, that really sums up the significance of the indigenous way, um, their wisdom, and how we have to transport their views about how to be with nature, how to be with people who are not the same as us. And through... um, through the poetry that I've written, I think I've been better able to bring that through to the law of indigenous First Nations to show that they they do have knowledge keepers. They know what is necessary to give us a safe environment. Um, So, and they're not the enemy. They're not worse than us. They're in fact wise, and they will share. And I've worked with indigenous leaders for for many time, many times. And I think a lot of my writing and a lot of my poetries rests on them. So, do you feel that then maybe? Um, there is a need for um, a more widespread uh, curriculum or, or, you know, some kind of education that would um, maybe even plant the seed for that in in children right now? Well, yes. One thing I did to... to, uh do something along that. Um, what I did with the present book, Past, Present, Future, Stories That Haunt, I created the Dr. Ian Prattis Scholarship for Indigenous, Black, and Racialized Students at Carleton University, Ottawa. That's where I was a, a professor for 37 years. Um, and I was very, very happy that this scholarship, um, I, I sort of put it out, that 
each each scholarship was going to be two thousand dollars per year, and that it will be awarded annually to outstanding Indigenous, Black, and racialized students. Um, the response to that was 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 way more than I anticipated. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've now got this scholarship um, that uh, will will carry on for at least six years. That's that's twelve twelve thousand dollars came in. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was a bit taken by that, and it was the 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 what I wanted to make sure was that indigenous boys and girls can reach for this scholarship and use it. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful thing to have set up with the you know, oh yeah, what I've decided to do with, with this particular book is that the um, the revenues from it will will go to these scholarships, um, and if we win any really big prizes, I'll be able to <laughs> establish quite a number <laughs> of scholarships. So, but uh, yeah, I would, that, I would that, think that, that has that yet to come. That, yeah, I was going to say, I think that that would be. Uh, a niche, a, a niche of people that are extremely underserved with, That's right. you know, scholarship or grant yeah. kind of um, offerings. Yeah, and 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 when I when I talk to to, to people about well, why I established this uh, scholarship, um, they thought, hmm, yes, I'll support that. Um, is a thousand dollars okay? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, sure. Uh, Ten dollars is, is okay in. too. So, yeah. um, well, so I think I've you know, but it's a, it's there. a worthwhile cause. That's why. You know what I yeah. mean? You know, yeah. and I trust in your knowledge of, of it being put to proper use. So. Yes. Yeah. But and I see I see this running through a lot of my prior books and. It's, and I, I suppose it's, uh, I do enjoy being a writer, and and I I come across um, moments when I suddenly see that my, my writing has received um, a, con- a confirmation, and mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> um, I'm thinking back uh, at a re- writer's <laughs> retreat uh, quite a number of years ago, the facilitator who'd read my book Redemption this was the first book I wrote way 45 years ago um, spoke that this was not so much a read but it was as if you were, were listening to music and the cadence of the writing struck her forcibly and I, I never had thought about that I often describe mm. um, that book Redemption as an extended prose poem but like her musical note much more, and um, the the book that followed. I, I, I wrote Redemption forty five years ago, but it wasn't published till much later because I really didn't know how to go about that. But I got, mm-hmm. I, got I got a bit more skillful along the along the road. Um, then I wrote a book called Trailing Sky Six Feathers. Now this received the Quill Award from Focus on Women's 
magazine. This was an advocacy group for women's issues worldwide, and I was delighted that the first award for this book came from a women's group. Um, other awards include gold for redemption at the 2015 Florida Book Festival um, and other places. Um, when uh, a reviewer really hits the mark about what I'm trying to do, mm -hmm. it's a big wow when they seem to read your mind. I'm thinking of uh, Julie, Julia and Charpentier. In her, her review, must have been sitting right next to me, and she describes redemption like this. An admirable command of language brings to every scene a striking visual clarity. The novel falls into the realm of timeless storytelling. This eye-opening book will be a memorable experience for anyone who enjoys reading about primordial tendencies. Beneath a polished urban facade remains a part of human nature that few want to acknowledge, either due to fear or simply because it is easier to deny the basic instincts that have kept us alive on an unforgiving earth. And a wonderful cap to all of this musing of, of my, my books, which, which kind of bump into what, uh, one another. Um, I went to the post office to send some books to people who had uh, um, bought them. And the young woman at the counter had posted many of the packages of books I had sent to competitions. And I always gave a copy to her to read. And she gave me a big hug last, uh, last time I went there and told me that the, the book, Training Sky Six Feathers, had changed her life. Mm. Um, something like that. That is really why I write. And I told her that the final bookend of this book was the first part of a trilogy. So I gave her the other two books in that trilogy and, you know, placed them on yeah. a new planet in, in the immediate future. And I gave her these two books. So my expeditions to the post office are a highlight. <laughs> she, she wants to know, what are you writing now? <laughs> and so on. Um, but you know, it's it's. Uh... Well, you know, I have to I have to interject one second because this is funny. Um, speaking of post office, now I wrote a book um, called Joy Potential in 2012, and in it there's a character, a, a postal guy character I had, um, and the I basically you know based it on a, a guy at my you know local post office, and I you know and his uh, name tag just had the letter M on it, you know, as far as no. no no actual name and uh well no at first he didn't have one on it and then um anyway um one day i i called the guy mike in my book and um one day i saw him with his uh little name tag on it was michael and it's like oh my lord so i actually brought him a copy of the book and he he went all around the local post office and the neighboring ones talking about how one of the customers put him in a book um but it was you know it was just you know, kind of fictional. I mean, it was obviously fictional because I didn't even know the guy's name was Mike. But um, but it's interesting how those postal encounters can be um, absolutely important little interactions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, when I observe 
our current tribe on this planet, other than when we look at our political leaders and corporate uh, moguls. I recall, I recall what writer Anton Chekhov observed. Um, he said that any idiot can deal with a crisis. It's a day-to-day living that wears you out. Um, I observe that people fear change and uncertainty. Yet we're in the midst of a health and medical, cultural, and environmental crisis. And that's really what I've been writing about for, oh, 40-odd years. Um, But how do we proceed from here, from now to the future, if there is to be one? Um, And the enemy now is us and our unsustainable way of living with others on this beautiful, fragile planet. So I take a look at all this, and I am moved to bring to people the idea that they have, they, 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 we cannot sit back. We have to reach out to, uh, in, in community. Um, our, our, our politics and politicians, um, they're not going to do it. But community activism um, could be useful. So, you know, I, 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 I'm on a... <laughs> on a charge here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, that was the, the one thing that when when I was um, you know, reading about how the you know the chapters, you know, that there was a um, a sort of a call and then a response meter um, that you mm-hmm. indicated that leans you know toward we need one that leans more toward kinship and community rather than. Uh, corporate greed. So um, I'd like to, right, I want to take just a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about that idea of the call, which, you know, your book really is a kind of a call to action. Um, yes. So I'd like to talk about that and then this idea of a response meter, you know, and, and you know, how we can influence that, okay? Okay. Okay, great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Okay. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. 
And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My very special guest is Dr. Ian Prattis, and we are talking about his new book, Past, Present, Future, Stories That Haunt. Um, again, you can find out more about this book as well as uh, many other, other books that he has written by visiting his website, which is ianpratis.wordpress.com, and it's I-A-N-P-R-A-T-T-I-S.wordpress.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Ian. Yes, I'm here. Okay, great. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, because you, you kind of alluded, you know, um, or kind of touched on um, different things about uh, what people can do. So I'm real curious as to, um, you know, let's, if you wouldn't mind explaining, you know, the, the book in the sense of being a call, um, you know, to action, um, and then response meter. And so can you talk about the whole idea of, there's the call, but then there's the response, and just how important that response is, and you know what maybe would be um, ways to guide it more in line with you know what would be supportive of that uh, positive future. Okay, thank you. That, that's that's very interesting. Uh, it, it reminds me of a, um, I, I think what really got me going along this uh, particular track was the the work I put into um, in terms of writing a book called Fail Safe, Saving the Earth mm-hmm. from Ourselves. This is in 2008. And in that, I, I sort of established that science and rationality can serve a changed consciousness, but they cannot create the structure and organizations needed for a new world order. They can only produce the same old formulas, fight the same old wars, mm-hmm. now with newer and more destructive technology. Now, changing the collective human consciousness is the key. And once consciousness changes to a foundation of clarity and compassion, then structure and organization will quickly be redefined as intelligent responses to our social and environmental crises emerge from a different foundation of understanding. Um, I, I really love the um, young woman in, from Sweden, Greta Thunberg, oh. and what she's doing in terms of, uh, well, like she, she, she's, she's got the world um, to look yeah. clearly at what's, what's going on. And, and she asks uh, the same question that I ask is, can we fix the planet? I would ask. But this is yeah. the wrong question. Our present values and patterns of consumption are the architects of the present global emergency. The right question is, can we fix ourselves? And in Failsafe, mm. and also um, I, I, I sent this book to Greta Thunberg, and she, she liked it, um, but Failsafe describes how human ignorance will rule until the global situation deteriorates to a breaking point. We're close to that. And this breaking point will then act as a catalyst, activating consciousness so it is propelled into expansion, deliberation, and change. This is what the children and uh, Greta Thunberg are looking at. And what the book shows is that we have the capacity 
to make positive changes, that there is hope for future generations to occupy a healthy planet and faith in the human consciousness to save a niche on the planet. Um, and I remember Dr. David Suzuki, um, he, he's in uh, Canada, and he provided a foreword for Failsafe. And he, he remarks that if we no longer perceive the planet as our sacred home, then we will continue to degrade the biosphere. In Failsafe, Ian Prattis offers a way to a perceptual transformation that is absolutely critical if we are to find a truly sustainable future. Um, and then there's a gentleman, Peter Cutler. He's a, a famous writer and artist in Boston, USA. Um, what he said was, this book is so thoroughly researched, eloquently written, and most of all, so needed. It's a wonderful book, frightening to read while observing the band-aids and half-measures being proposed in the U.S. Um, and that takes me back to, to, to the, the, the work I do with the indigenous people. Um, quite a number of years ago, at the beginning of spring, after a severe winter in, in Canada, I participated in a sweat lodge ceremony with respected elders from the Ojibwe, Dene, and Mohawk First Nations. We made deeply personal and collective commitments to serve the earth. And at the end of the final round of the ceremony, we emerged into a pristine beauty of a late snowfall under a clear star-studded sky. There had been a two-inch snowfall during the ceremony. As we walked barefoot to where we were camping, I turned round and saw our footprints in the snow. It seemed to me as though these could well be the first footprints on the new earth. And I gestured to my friends to stop and look. They silently shared the same insight that I had with soft smiles. In that instant, the stillness and silence renewed our commitments to serve the earth with all our hearts and minds. Like from this uh, ceremony, we were committed to work for yeah. the earth. And my book was born from that moment at the end of winter in 2006. And I was giving a talk about this experience to an audience in Vancouver. And I suddenly found myself talking about two previous books that I had written and the next three books that were ready to dance in the sunlight. And I realized that Failsafe was the fulcrum or midpoint between two trilogies. They had been writing me although I did not know it. But, so that was a life work, life work that was unfolding inside me. And Failsafe is by no means finished. There are bright minds to take it further. They will find loopholes in it, and they'll refashion it. And this I gladly welcome. So I look yeah. forward to the dialogue as it helps us move on. Um, my hope is that not only do they enjoy the, the book and share it with friends, but to just push it further along. Um, and with quite a few um, young, young men and young women um, to, to write their own uh, essays, books, but along this line, 
and uh, mm-hmm. and they, they 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 will leave me in the dust because they're they're brilliant. <laughs> um, and the the whole idea is is right. to yeah. show, show, have a dialogue to help right. us move on. And they yeah. and they do. And, you know, and yeah, and and the, that's the. Um, that's how we progress. You know, if, if if we are to progress, it is you know through that dialogue, um, uh, no doubt. So, so what what do you, what would you? I mean, when we were talking about you know that we humankind won't budge, you know, won't make any significant change until we're there at the bottom, you know, and, and basically there you know absolutely is no other alternative. Um, what what do you think is um is um do you think we can avoid that i mean because when i look at you know human nature and, and, and just even what we've gone through in the last couple of years few years you know from um dogmatic you know autocratic you know um we are one you know uh, to to um to the pandemic it, it seems that the events are so glo- are global in nature, so that I mean, when maybe it took, you know, twenty or two or three decades, you know, for quote global consciousness to grasp grasp a particular you know new perspective kind of thing, um, that you know maybe these kinds of events are just being global in nature, or our essence is going to rise raise that global consciousness more speedily that, that, that's that's very important robert um um i would respond to that by by saying that um my life has really been a global traveler and it's stretched mm-hmm. my attention beyond any limits i could have placed on it so as a teenager i was 17 i volunteered to go to borneo with britain's peace corps um, much later, I was a yogi in India and then a Zen teacher in Canada. So there was expansion of mind um, that was inescapable um, just simply because I was seeing other things on the planet, other people, very different to me. And my challenging journey navigates shamanic healing of childhood abuse, guru training, as well as a near death experience in an ashram in India. So there's a vast range of experience um, of looking at what is happening in different uh, cultures Mm -hmm. around the world. So all of this helped me to sculpt narrative in a novel way. I certainly stumbled through the first part of life, but then stood really strong in my own sovereignty in the latter part. So in India... Arizona, France, and Canada's wilderness, I went to extraordinary lengths to transform any karma inside me. And over a period of 30 years, extraordinary indigenous medicine people enhanced my process of remembering. It's really due to them that I write the way I do. And I learned how to reconfigure my understanding of time, place, and consciousness. And I chose to listen to the feminine voice of earth wisdom rather than to the multitude of competing voices in my own deep consciousness. So past life memories collide head-on with the present. 
um, the internal mm-hmm. battles, which which we all have, um, began to smooth, and I started to live like as a meditation for Gaia, our our planet. Like I, I'm very fond of this planet, and <laughs> I kind of like her too. <laughs> and I I, I I pass this along in in my courses as a as a professor. Mm-hmm. In ecology, symbols, engaged Buddhism, and meditation systems, um, and my my uh, writing rests on the fact that I'm I'm a healer, a mentor, and an educator, and I try to encourage people to find their true nature, so that humanity in the world may be renewed. And I think young people are really the ones who are. Finding their true nature, just just like, and I, I go back to um, Greta Thunberg. Um, they are going to renew the world. I'm too yeah. old now. They're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, so well, my can, initial you can spread is, some of that that, that yeah. knowledge and, and thought for yeah. for them to to nourish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember I, I got I got a review from the Blue Ink Review. And it says that uh, uh, he swept up in this saga of revelation and indeed, and indeed exhilarating global adventure. Pratis writes with erudition, erudition, charm, and humor, ridiculing his own blunders as much as he praises his teachers. Pratis presents a unique viewpoint hewn from hard-won exploration of traditional wisdom, offering all of us the overarching advice to awaken spiritually so that we may create a stable economy and way of life on earth. And awakening spiritually is, is, is so essential. Um, if I wasn't on that kind of uh, steps, um, I couldn't write the way I do. Yeah. Well, well, it's, you know, it's the, um, you know, in the, I believe that the um, the thread that that um, indigenous wisdom perspective thread throughout it uh, is the um, it's kind of like you know that golden thread the thing that you know ties that is, is common everywhere you know what I mean and and it, it's the perspective can be applied. No matter what environment you're in, and, yes. and it'd be yes. helpful. Absolutely. Um, I also uh, in in the book before before this one, um, which is really leading up to it. This was a, a book called Shattered Earth: Approaching Extinction. Um, I just got in front of me. There was a book review by Susan Morris, and she says much more than I can ever ever can. Um, and this is what she said: um, Yet there is always a glimpse, a possibility of stepping through the darkness and touching a warm, knowing light that spurs us on. Educator, prolific writer, spiritualist, and environmentalist. Pratis delivers an SOS to the world to save the earth and its inhabitants from destruction. The work draws upon written accounts from scientists, philosophers, 
social activists and spiritual thinkers, including the wisdom of First Nation communities, all who make a convincing case for the need to take immediate action to rescue the planet. His futuristic scenarios are a wake-up call to honor the climate agreement and the horrific physical, environmental, and social consequences and social consequences that civilizations will face, will face should the earth to the earth fall further into demise. Pratis elucidates the dangers of corporate carbon emissions and their contributions to the destabilization of the earth. He emphasized that the continuous search for wealth accumulation has come at the sacrifice of the planet. His compelling personal narratives take readers to the Canadian wilderness, the Hebrides in Scotland, and to an ashram in India, where he writes of his near-death experience. Now, throughout this book, the author reaches beyond the scientific to the spiritual, emphasizing humankind's oneness with the earth. Most notable is his example of the environmental activist Greta Thunberg and the global children's movement. And I love these people very much. In particular, the author's experience with White Eagle Woman, his shaman mentor, is an exceptional narrative on how her wisdom helped him. Pratis' volume is an opus on the healing of of humanity's inner soul together with the healing of the earth so that both can live harmoniously. We have to do an awful lot of work internally before we can really make a change to the earth. Yeah, um, you know, as a matter of fact, when you were, um, started talking about Shattered Earth, that was the last time we spoke. Um, That's and right. Actually, it was it was December fifth, twenty nineteen. I have it. That's right. And if people if people want to listen to that, um, I have it in the archives. So they just look up under your name, Ian Prattis, and that'll be the one that'll come up immediately. So if anybody wants to find out more about Shattered Earth, they can listen to that. It was a good conversation. So. Well, that was, that was that. terrific, yes. yes. Great. So um, I guess what is it that you hope, I'm kind of getting down toward the end of the show, so what is it you hope that the readers are going to take? Um, is it going to be just awareness or is it awareness and action? Or No, I, I, I provide in, in different chapters what, what people can do, how they can step out. Um, And I think it's, it's, it's what I really focus on um, in, in my community in Ottawa and also in Canada is that uh, I'm talking to young people. You know, uh, they, 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 they're smart. They're, they're really, really intelligent. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I help them. <laughs> I help them with their, their um, strikes at schools and things like this, uh, right. then the, you know, and I say, say to them when their their mums and dads turn up, and I say, look, you know, you have to do the same as me. Me, we, we we're we're bystanders. The, the the these are the the heroes in front of us. And, yeah, um, that, and, and, that, and that, that, that 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 usually catches on, you know. Mm-hmm. That's they, some. They, 
I'm sorry. Very, there are some very global, globally um, aware children that are very motivated to action, which is, I just love seeing. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I, I guess you 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 do give people um, actions, ideas for action um, in the book. Yes. So you know, for for someone right, just as you know, someone's listening right now. Um, what what would you say that? Uh, I mean, obviously, getting the book would be a great, great way to start to get a perspective. But what are some just some simple things that? someone can do that might be a part of their everyday lives that, you know, they can respond differently. Hmm. Well, I've uh, asked some of the children on my crescent, I said, I've got all these um, bags. And I said, well, why don't we walk around the crescent and uh, clear up all the garbage that's in uh, the curbs <laughs> and the kids do this and their parents say what are you getting <laughs> what are you doing in and i say well we're just cleaning up our uh, where, where where we live and then we can really talk then about gardening about becoming self-sufficient um, the, it, it's, it's a whole series of steps, and is but the, the, the kids need to see some action, um, yeah. and you know okay. it's really, yeah, really I say, uh, I, I, I'm amused by it because these kids are from three years old to ten, <laughs> you know? right. so it's, it's like a, 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 no, a pie, piper okay. or something. That is a that is a perfect example. Now, um, why why do you think? First of all, a couple of questions. One wonders why would children or you know respond in that um, that uh, humanitarian, for lack of a better word, way with you directing or guiding um, where maybe their parents didn't? And do you think that maybe um, the parents? Um, maybe weren't um, in the frame of mind to, to, to even think of having the children do that? Well, the, the thing is, I, I, I talk to the, 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 the parents, and I say, well, you okay. know, I, I'm, I'm doing this, and the, your kids are interested in coming with me. Is this okay with you? Okay. You know, uh, I, I, I don't. I don't assume that I, I'm suddenly going to no. see yeah, but, but I mean, but I mean, thirty kids. But in that in that particular case, you know, for example, um, was would the um, would the parent be was the parent surprised first of all that the kid was interested in doing that? You know, and, and then bit. yeah, okay, okay, because the kids helped me. Um, in the in the garden because I'm I'm, te- I'm showing them how the different okay. plants grow and things like this, and uh, okay. they, they 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 stand on top of a lot of other <laughs> other things that they shouldn't be, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just getting right. them to to really like uh, the earth. So so the the, the parents know and they they they, okay. they, they trust me, 
Um, when right, I, right. But I always mm-hmm. ask, ask them, I say, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to clean up our restaurant, uh, our crescent with um, stuff that's around. And, you know, some of the parents have come around. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, know, wow. and it's uh, uh, it's 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 interesting, yeah. um, but it, but it, it's it's done with re, done with respect. Uh, yes. And it's yeah, and a, see that's the, yeah, that's the kind of thing that I want the listeners to recognize is that oh yeah, you know, it, you don't it all have, ha- always have respect. Um, right. And you know, and, and and be surprised. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. I, I think I think people are, are looking for for just small small ways that they can um, right. make make some kind of difference and maybe, difference. maybe clearing clearing up the the uh, garbage on the road yeah. in our mm-hmm. where we live mm-hmm. that that's a small small start. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's good, and and I I do believe you're correct that people do want to. To make that difference, a lot of people don't know how to start or where to go. So, being um, a, a a source, a spark for that um, is useful. So anybody listening can do that. You know, if there's a particular, if they have a particular passion, you know, then mm-hmm. um, you know humanitarian passion, then definitely work and um, and creating that. Well, gosh, our, our time has has run out, um, Ian. Um, I want to thank you for your time today. I, I enjoy catching up with you. And, and it's, this pleasure. is a really good book, a good collection. Thank you. You're, you're very welcome. Um, again, everyone, today my special guest joining us from Canada has been Dr. Ian Prattis. We've been talking about his new book, Past, Present, Future, Stories That Haunt. And again, you can find out more by visiting his website, which is ianpratis.wordpress.com. And that's I-A-N-P-R-A-P-R-A-T-T-I-S dot WordPress dot com. His books, all of his books, um, or his many of his books, are available from Amazon.com. So just go to Amazon, type in Ian Practice, and you'll see the whole, whole bunch of options there. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.